Hello and welcome, friends, family, and of course, enemies alike, to episode 105 of Reading Cadence. I am your host, the displaced Wisconsinite, Phil Olson. Throughout the month of September, we are going through reference books. Last week, we went through the Encyclopedia Britannica, specifically related to Labor Day to Labor Party, to discuss more about what is enclosed in an encyclopedia. And this week, we are going through almanacs, specifically a one and open public domain that I can read on a podcast. And the only one that I could find that was readily available is entitled The Foolish Almanac. And the more and more I dig into it, the more I realize it is a lot more satirically motivated towards the president of that time in 1906 uh, was Teddy Roosevelt. And the author of this almanac evidently did not like him. So you will notice there are a lot of politically focused jokes in that regard. Um, and I will make some some sub comments as I'm reading this to help clarify some things because... Um, Almanacs in general are reference books that contain calendars published for the coming year related to patterns these people have noticed um, in regards to growing crops in farmers' almanacs and meteorological info, astronomical info, title information, um, etc. All regarding, you know, things that can help predict um, how to best prepare for the coming year. Um, they can also be used as a reference book for providing interest, interesting facts, figures, and statistics for a given subject as well. So this is kind of like a an almagation, a cross between those two things. Um, but again, as I stated before, this is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek response to the unreliability of almanacs, because let's face it, I, I I was reading through some research and like, they found out like maybe 50% of the predictions for the farmers almanacs were actually accurate, which is about what you're going to get for like normal meteorological reports. So it wasn't really helpful. And then it's filled with a lot of wit, humor, puns, and satire, etc. So I'm going to do my best um, beforehand to explain some background knowledge that will help you get some of these. And then I might insert my own editor's notes, so to speak, as I'm going through um, this um, and reading it. Um, specifically, as I mentioned previously, Teddy Roosevelt was POTUS, um, was evidently not well liked by the author of this almanac. Um, they're going to allude to Romulus and Remus, who were brothers of myth who are said to have founded Rome. Um, myth states that they were raised by a female wolf. And there are multiple depictions and statues of them um, feeding and uh, on her milk um, as they were growing up. So there's an allusion to that. Um, and then, of course, Romulus eventually murdered his brother Remus. But that's neither here nor there. Um, they're going to use the, the, the term trim and to the unforeseen eye, we might just be like, oh yeah, tripping hedges and bushes and those types of things. In this context, it's actually used as a synonym for to rob or to steal. So just keep that in mind when I get to that point. 
Um, they're also going to mention blackjack, and they're not referring to the card game. They're actually referring to a weapon. It was a short club covered in leather. Um, oftentimes, the head of that club was filled with lead to increase its effectiveness. So that's going to be that. They're also going to mention um, Timothy, um, and that's not actually a name of a person. Uh, the other definition of that is a type of grazing hay. So just keep that in mind. Um, I know like a lot of these definitions are things that, you know, you see like the sixth definition in like a dictionary of like what it could possibly mean, you know, and like underneath it's like, this is an archaic like 1800s, you know, saying definition. And lo and behold, we're like cresting that time period era in 1906. <laughs> so there you go. And then um, piano forte um, is apparently what piano is short for. Had no clue. Um, so that was cool. And the creator of the piano is said to have been killed by his wife. So just keep that in mind as well. I know there's a lot of information here. Um, almanacs are a lot more complicated if you're actually reading a legitimate one. So hopefully this will be a little bit easier to process. But what I love about almanacs is just how you can, they they look at patterns of things to help evaluate and make predictions. And that's kind of what I do as I go about reading as well, you know, um, just looking for context clues on how I'm, you know, attacking something and how I'm emphasizing things. Um, I love searching for patterns to try to find something that I can grasp and hold on to. So all that information said, without further ado, let's begin finally reading the September section of The Foolish Almanac. Oh, I almost forgot. So this is fun. Um, the Foolish Almanac is written as if Teddy Roosevelt had written it, which is why the author considers it a foolish almanac. So I'm going to read the introduction to provide some additional context before I get into the September section. Um, and bear with me because it's purposefully misspelled and sentences are not constructed very well on purpose um, in this introduction. So, foolish almanac for another year. The first since the introduction of the muckrake in magazine gardening and the spelling reform of our language by Theodore Roosevelt. There have been other years, but none like this. Things will happen. 313 days will come. And three hundred and thirteen days will go, and there will be fifty-two Sundays, even in the best regulated families. There will be at least one twenty-three for you in each month. Life without it will be unseasoned. By kind permission of the John D. Rockefellers, the sun and moon will be permitted to arise and shine. The Schuberts will regulate the stars, and the planets will do the best they can. Hetty Green and J. Piermont Morgan have guaranteed the weather. With apologies to the Carnegie Spelling School, 
perpetrated with the aid of Wallace Goldsmith's pictures, by John W. Lucci and Company, Boston, 1906, London. Helpful hints for September. Is the sun inhabited? An astronomer from Indiana claims to have discovered that the sun is inhabited. The public will probably hoot at this, just as it hooted at Columbus when he said the Earth was round. The public also hooted at wireless telegraphy in its early stages. The public is now hooting at the idea of airships ever becoming common carriers. The sun may be inhabited. Who knows? This astronomer from Indiana may not be as buggy as he really appears at first blush. The sun is hot, tis true, but hell is also hot, and hell is inhabited. Marine Note High rollers don't always come in from the sea. Some random Sunday in September. A limerick. It heads the list. In a book showing all of the gowns great and small, wives have worn since this old world begun. That first dress of eaves, which she fashioned of leaves, should be probably labeled figure one. Some random events on Thursday. 1848. Patent issued for converting fine coal into solid lumps. 1906. Patent sought for converting fine poetry into filthy lucre. It's a long lane that hides no lovers. Simple household recipes for vegetarians. Hey, a la mode. Take a pound of best Timothy and soak it overnight in fresh brine. Peel carefully and place it in a vegetable ivory saucepan. Add the yolk of an egg, plant, and stir dreamily over an electric fan till it disappears. Serve it right. Nut Cutlet Procure two dozen new nuts from any hardware shop. Grind them into paste of about the consistency of uh, the average politician. Over this, pour a little standard oil from which the dividends have been removed, and stir briskly with a subpoena till the oil begins to run. Pour off, strain, and beat the paste with an axe until it looks and tastes like a veal cutlet. Imitation potted hair. Hair, as in the rabbit. Take a false hair and pot it. This will be potted imitation hair, to be used for decorative purposes only. Stewed rubber plant. Cut the plant into rubber bands. Add a pinch of rubber cement and beat the whole mixture to beat the band until it will stretch without breaking. This rule is elastic. Ticker note, as in a stock ticker. Bull movements are carefully watched. 
in Mexico and Spain. Some random Tuesday. General opening of public schools. Also, general opening of oysters. Some random Wednesday in September, 1777. Brandy wine proves a bad mixture for the colonial troops. September 15th, 1693. Public lotteries established in England. Marriage encouraged. That love is blind accounts for so many miscues. Health hints. To cure seasickness, turn the entire system inside out and hang it over the rail of the ship where the salt spray can drench it. Under this treatment, the patient is pretty sure to feel somewhat relieved within a few days after the time of going ashore. Persons troubled with poor circulation should ascertain how to increase the same by consulting the editor of their favorite Sunday newspaper. Weak respiration may be improved by a diet of onions. They are highly recommended for strengthening the breath. For insomnia, try snoring, which is always a symptom of sound sleep. Care should be taken to prevent the occupants of the penitentiary from getting the measles. It would make trouble should they all break out at once. Some random Monday in September, 862 BC. Jonah took the first trip in a submarine. Some random Tuesday in September, 753 BC. Romulus and Remus open a milk route. Some random Friday in September, 1709. Piano Forte, invented by Bartolomeo Cristofori. His assassination soon follows. It is better to laugh at a joke you don't understand than to weep over the efforts of your friend to explain it. How true. Little Studies in Natural History How to Trim Rich Relations This is a very dangerous and delicate operation, as the subjects can only be approached when they are asleep. Provide yourself with a blackjack, a bottle of chloroform, and a sponge. About three in the morning, enter the room where the richest relation is sleeping. Go noiselessly to the bed. Hold the sponge saturated with chloroform about the richest relation's nose. As his sleep becomes more profound, lower the sponge, and finally, with a quick motion, jam it in its mouth. Then, strike his head with the blackjack, using all your strength. Rich relations are suspicious, and you cannot be too careful in business matters. This done, cut out the gold, silver, or bills from his pockets, and any jewels or trinkets that you may find. Note, in most cases, 
it will not be necessary to kill the subjects before you can do the tripping. Health hint. While sleeping, it is best to lie on the right side. Also while awake. Think about that for a moment. Some random Friday, 1593, Anthony Comstock would have indicted Shakespeare for writing Venus and Adonis. Entomological note. In Washington, the Katie Dids now say, Teddy did, Teddy didn't. End of September section on The Foolish Almanac. Okay, so I know there was a lot of information there. There was a lot of witticisms. There was a lot of puns that may have just gone right over your head. But rest assured, you can scrub back and, and listen to them again to see if you can catch anything. Because I found a lot of these things rather humorous. But it did take me, you know, like five or six times to actually understand what they were saying. And if you want to go back and read through it yourself, because sometimes it helps for visualization purposes, um, I've included the link in the show notes of what I was reading from. Uh, fair warning, uh, I did edit out um, a few things that were just not PG-related comments. And I just try to keep this a family-friendly show. Um, sometimes to the detriment of the integrity of the document that I'm reading, but I didn't want you to think that I am editing things out, um, you know, to present some form of bias. I'm not. It's just, they just weren't fit, because if you actually think through some of those things, they can go into some pretty nasty places. So uh, I wanted to just let you guys know of that. But you kind of get the structure as you're going through this, right? You got the astronomical aspect of it. You've got the very, like, surgical look at, you know, different days and, like, this day in history and those types of things. And then you've got, like, the um, random, like, wives' tale remedies and, you know, home, yeah, the home remedies and such that you can see, you know, going through. I loved, like, the... (laughs) the recipes for vegetarians and like all the helpful hint things those I thought were really clever um and just like how like you know you look back at some of this and you're just like this was 1900s humor and they thought this was hilarious uh but yeah just just uh just love the structure here um and I there was an article that came out I believe in 2012 that NPR put out where it was discussing the subtle differences between the old farmer's almanac and the farmer's almanac. And then at one point they interview like the main chief editor of the old farmer's almanac and she she touts like a 80% accuracy rate on their predictions for, you know, farming practices and stuff. And like all of their evaluation and measuring tools and stuff are not open to the public. They keep it, like, super under wraps. And so it causes a lot of skepticism from meteorologists, of course, and other people who, you know, this is actually their job. And so um, a lot of other people who commented were, like, in actuality, like, a lot of this stuff's like, maybe 50% accurate, which is as much as you're going to get out of a meteorologist or somebody else. But still, there's a lot of mysticism that 
that uh, the Old Farmer's Almanac creators do to to kind of get people to continue coming back to it. Because when they're right, it's kind of like a Simpsons, you know, aha moment where you're like, they predicted that moment in history, you know, or something. So um, I love I love that aspect of Almanacs. And I love the fun facts aspect. I have some like Ripley's Believe It or Not books in my home as well as some Guinness World Record ones as well. I just love learning about all those sorts of things and like the different things that people will do to to, to put their names in history. Um, but um, yeah, it just I just loved this reading of the almanac in general. I wish there was some more in public domain and I wish we could get some that had, you know, some more, you know, we would get those references types of things. But sadly, I don't know too many almanac owners or publishers. So if you do and you got some connections, hit me up because I would love to read a more modern one to see if we can catch on all the subtle nuances of, you know, even like the early 2000s, I think would be fun. So... Next week, we are going to be going through another type of reference book, so stay tuned for that. But, sadly, we must conclude. So, signing off, as I always do, as they say in showbiz, that's all he wrote.